What is up, everyone, and welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. Every Sunday through Thursday night, I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez. Welcome into the show. Thank you so much for tuning in. Should it be a fun one, man? Cowboys, Jets, game day, uh, not game day, game week, excuse me. And I'm disappointed that Aaron Rodgers is not going to play, but it still should be a fun one. The Cowboys have their own injuries, obviously not as important as the quarterback, but I do believe we kind of need to start with the injuries because there were some big name additions to the injury report on Thursday as we await the Cowboys and Jets game. The Giants, not the Eagles, excuse me, and the Vikings are playing right now on Thursday night football. And man, oh man, the Vikings are putting up a fight against the Eagles. It's uh, 7 to 10, 59 seconds in the second quarter. If you are watching live, if you are not, then you probably know what the outcome is. Hopefully you are celebrating as a Cowboys fan. Hopefully the Vikings win this one. We'll see. Uh, welcome, everyone. Shout out to William, who William was dropping the score prediction moments, I mean, hours before the show went live. The same for Colin, who was saying 31 to 6, Gregory 31 to 7. Shout out to everyone uh, who is tuning in right now. Cowboys, Jets, let's talk about the injury report. Obviously, the Jets will be without their starting QB, but what about the Cowboys? Brandon Cooks. For the second straight day, did not practice for the Cowboys. We know a little bit more about his injury now. He uh, is dealing with a sprained MCL, which is a grade one sprain. And that could mean so many things depending on the player, depending on the situation, blah, blah, blah. But usually an MCL sprain will take a player two to six weeks, something along those lines. The Cowboys, though, are seemingly optimistic that Brandon Cooks, A, has a chance to play on Sunday versus the Jets, and B, that even if it isn't, even if Brandon is not ready to go on Sunday, they are not expecting Brandon Cooks to be out for multiple weeks, which should be seen as a huge win for the Cowboys, considering it is an MCL injury. So Brandon Cooks on the injury report. Right now, my best guess would be that he doesn't play versus the Jets. We don't know. Uh, we got to wait, obviously, and Saturday is going to be the big day because the Cowboys do not actually practice on Friday during the, or at least that's been the case during the Mike McCarthy regime. But yeah, Brandon Cooks, one of the worrying names on the report. There is another new addition. He was added on Thursday, Zach Martin, groin injury. He was a limited participant in practice, which means nothing because Zach Martin could have missed one play. He could have missed everyone but one play, right? And he would be listed as limited. That's how NFL rules work right now. So we don't know what the deal is with Zach Martin. Obviously, you want him to suit up because you're going up against one of the best defensive lines in the NFL uh, could be in that conversation. Obviously, you've got the Cowboys as a better one, the 49ers potentially as a better one, and, and so many others. But the Jets have some dudes up front. Tyron Smith, full participant in both practices so far. Wednesday, by the way, they did not actually practice. So it's only a projection. 
Tyler Smith has not practiced yet, and Donovan Wilson took a step forward on Thursday as he went from a did-not-practice player as a, to a limited participant. So Wilson could be trending in the right direction. Obviously, you can see that Jordan Lewis is completely off of the report, which could hint at a potential return in Week 2, but we'll have to wait for any of that, though. Brandon Cook's not suiting up, potentially, again, because we don't know what the plan is going to be at the end of the day. But potentially, if he doesn't suit up, you guys know what that means. You guys know that that means that Sunday could be the Jalen Tolbert game, the one that we've been expecting for so, many, for so much time. Obviously, we know that Tolbert did not have a good regular season last year. He was inactive for most of the year as a healthy scratch. The Cowboys straight up did not want to play him. He's been very open, extremely honest about the situation that he went through as a rookie. In February, he was already talking openly about how he struggled from a mental perspective to understand the NFL game, to do all that. So we know about those issues. What we have not seen yet because we saw him put together you know all of the elements during the preseason and during training camp he had about six catches i believe in eight targets good for 95 yards so he had a very very good preseason now we're gonna get to see him if if cooks does not suit up he's likely gonna be um on the field a long time on offense and he would be going up against one of the best secondaries in the league, led by Sauce Gardner. But it's not only Sauce who won Defensive Rookie of the Year last year for the Jets. It's the rest of the secondary. They've got some good dudes up front, and you're going to guess that, hey, CeeDee Lamb is going to likely stay in this lot. He's going to face a lot of Michael Carter. He's going to have a lot of work inside. I don't think that Brandon Cooks is going to change that because I still think you want to exploit the middle of the field going up against the Jets. So... Could it be a fun game for Jalen Tolbert? Let me know in the chat. With Cooks potentially sitting, who are you betting on to have the bigger day? Michael Gallup or Brand or, or Jalen Tolbert? Let me know in the chat. Welcome, everyone. Let's see some of your comments right now. We've got Joey Bella in the chat. We've got Toxic Tom saying time for Gallup to step up. Hype Auditor says the Eagles look insanely biddable. Definitely not the same team as last season. Dallas has to take advantage and win the division. Could be a slow start for the Eagles right now if they go one-on-one, -on -one, struggling against the Patriots in week one. And then if they lose tonight on Thursday, for those of you who are watching on Friday, you might already know what the score was. But it's not looking pretty two quarters into the game. We're approaching halftime right now, and the Vikings are apparently they're reviewing a potential score. I don't know if that's a touchdown or not. That that looks like a touchdown to me, though. I, I don't I don't even know what they ruled on the field, so we'll see. Toxic Tom says, wow, this play is getting reviewed. Is the new desk caught it? <laughs> I don't even know what they're saying on the field, but it does look like, oh, I see. He lets go of the football. Oh, snap. All right. We'll see what they rule. Tolbert for Katharina. Russell says Gallup, no problem. Who will have the bigger day with Brandon Cooks potentially out for this one? Keyword, potentially. Gregory goes with Tolbert. 
Let's see here. Uh, Russell says, not the same team. Looks looks low. That offense coordinator, that offensive coordinator was a difference. Uh, Dexter says, I would set Cook out. We're playing the Jets. We like Cook's experience on the field, but I would sit him out. But I will save him until the third game. And then you get into a very... You get into a very weird situation here if you are the Cowboys. Because if you decide to sit down Brandon Cooks for Sunday's game, which, in my opinion, it's the most likely outcome after Brandon Cooks has been listed as a did-not-practice for two consecutive days, and the fact that it is a sprained MCL, and those are never fun, regardless of the severity, like it's a knee injury. I think, personally... And this is only my prediction. It might be wrong on Sunday. But I don't think that Brandon Cook suits up for the game. And knowing that if you go 2-0, if you beat the Jets, which they are projected to, do you want to play Brandon Cooks versus the Arizona Cardinals? Or do you just want to wait it out? And then suddenly, Brandon Cooks has himself two weeks to rest. Almost three, counting like this one. Maybe you want to sit him until week four if you are the Cowboys at this point. How did he do it? How did he hurt it, says Russell? Apparently, it happened during the game, actually. Uh, I think it's tough to find it. I was trying to find it on the replay, like any play where he'd, apparently he got hurt. I couldn't find anything, though, so I might have missed it. But, you know, knee injuries are weird. They can happen without any contact, so we'll see. Jake Ferguson says Toxic Thomas, his answer. Gregory goes with Turpin. Now, those are fair, valid answers, and they might be right. They're a little bit creative, of course. But I'm going to go sticking with the two options that I gave between Tolbert and Gallup. I'm going to go with Gallup. He's obviously one of the projected starters. He's going to be isolated. So I'm going to go with Gallup for that. But I do want to see... Dylan Tolbert in regular season action. That will be one of the players to watch, in my opinion, for Sunday's game. Now let's talk about the actual matchup between these two teams. We talked a little bit last night about Zach Wilson's issues versus the pass rush that the Bills had on Monday. It's going to be an issue for him again. Uh, that giant, that Jets offensive line, it's got a very old left tackle. It's got a struggling right tackle who has nearly played, uh, I mean, barely played in the NFL at this point. He's got two seasons worth of experience, and he hasn't played in any of them, like, considerably. This, will, this would be a first for him. I'm talking about Mikai Becton over on the right side. And now he's facing a Cowboys pass rush that just cannot be stopped. It cannot be stopped. Maybe if you have one of the best offensive lines in the NFL, but the Jets likely have one of the worst at this point. And Wilson took a long time to throw the football. Second longest in the NFL in week one at 3.13 seconds. That means Micah and friends, they're going to have their time to get to the QB. And Wilson is not a veteran quarterback. He's not going to be chill when the Cowboys go out there and show him exotic looks that Dan Quinn likes to put out on the field. And we reviewed one of them last night. If you want to catch that replay and want to watch that film room segment, you can definitely do that. But I look at this game 
You look at the Cowboys' pass rush, the fact that they had so many players get their hands on Daniel Jones on Sunday night, the fact that he was getting hit consistently by players not named Micah Parsons from everywhere, and this game spells trouble, in my opinion, for Mr. Wilson. Now, can he make some plays? Yes, he's a mobile QB who can maybe work some magic here and there, but consistently... Here's the thing. He's going up against Stephon Gilmore and Trayvon Diggs. And Gilmore, we have barely talked about him. But hey, eight targets. And he allowed three catches, forced two incompletions, had the interception. And he's going to get Garrett Wilson and Alan Lassard because he's going to be working on the out outside, of course. Uh, that's going to be some a couple of fun matchups. I can see that being fun matchups, but you got to give it to Stephon Gilmore, in my opinion. Maybe not versus Garrett Wilson. Wilson is pretty legit. He's likely going to get some wins here and there. And that leads, that leads me to talk about the legitimate threats that the Jets do have and their corresponding matchups. Because I do think the Jets have some dudes. And you can talk all you want about Aaron Rodgers not being able to play. There are some players that deserve a certain level of respect on tonight's show that could spell some trouble for Dallas. And you got to start with, again, Garrett Wilson. He's going to be matched up against Trayvon Diggs. He's going to be matched up against Stephon Gilmore. Diggs actually was following the Giants' best receiver in a couple of plays here and there. I want to I wanna see if that happens again on Sunday where your top concern has to be Wilson. Wilson was out there tipping the football to himself in the end zone versus the Bills on Monday Night Football. Garrett Wilson versus Gilmore and Diggs, one of the matchups to watch. Then you've got defensively from the Jets a couple of dogs. Quinn and Williams, defensive tackle. If there is one area that you could be concerned about this game, it has to be Quinn and Williams and some other players like John Franklin Myers, among others, that can really get some pressure turned up on the inside versus Vyadish, who is good, but he's going to have some rough moments against elite competition like he did versus Dexter Lawrence on Sunday night. And that's okay. I like Tyler Vyadish. Is he an elite center? No. Is he a good center? Heck yeah. But Quinn and Williams is going to get some wins versus Vyadish, and that's just the National Football League. You got to account for that. Quinn and Williams is going to have his moments. But what I'm worried about is if Tyler doesn't play and then Viadish has some issues and then Zach Martin is already on the injury report, could it get ugly is what I'm saying. And obviously, we don't want it to be ugly. And right now, a small parenthesis, I've got Vikings minus three and a half for the first half. And I really don't want the Eagles to make these field goals so it's a 60. Oh, it's a 61 jarder. Oh, it's not happening. Is it? Are you going to see me get a live beat bat? A bad beat live, excuse me. Mixed up those words there really quickly. I've got Vikings plus three and a half for the first half, or they're going to call for a timeout. Man, that's anticlimactic. But, anyways, no other guy that the Cowboys got to watch out for, obviously, Sauce Gardner. Sauce Gardner, man. I hate to throw flowers to the rival of the week, but 
damn, he's good. Gardner, as a rookie, bested Jamar Chase. He bested Justin Jefferson at times. He bested Stephon Diggs at times. The guy is truly one of the best corners in the entire league. Oh, man, here comes a 61-yarder. Oh, man, there's no way he got it. Oh, man. <laughs> there's no way he got a 61-yarder. Damn, that's a bad beat. <laughs> Damn. And it's the Eagles, too. I hate it. Oh, oh man. That's the world of sports betting for you. It'll do that. It, it will do that to you sometimes. Damn, man. All right. We'll we'll try we'll try to keep the show going without tears on my eyes, but that was crazy. I don't like losing a bet like that. Anyways, Sauce Gardner, gonna be a fun matchup. I do wonder about what the Jets are gonna do with him. Because there have been times where Sauce does not shadow the top receiver of the opponent. He will stay outside a lot of the time. Uh, even going back to Monday night, Stephon Diggs, he was not on Stephon Diggs. And, and talk about an offense that really does not have a lot going on beyond Stephon Diggs, right? So you would assume that Sauce is following and shadowing the top receiver of the opponent. Not necessarily so. So that's one of the things that I'm going to be watching very closely when the game starts is Sauce on C.D. Lamp. And if he isn't shadowing C.D., then I want C.D. Lamp on the slot every single snap. I don't want C.D. Lamp against Sauce Gardner. Not because I don't want to go strength versus strength. Not because I don't trust C.D., but you got to look for that strength versus weakness matchup. I think that's where it's at always. And I'm looking forward to seeing how the Jets respond to that. Is there going to be a point in the game where the Jets say, you know what? Brandon Cooks is not playing. Maybe, potentially. We don't know. Uh, but I'm assuming that he won't. And, and if he doesn't, if you're the Jets, do you go, screw it. Let's, ha let's have everyone else worry about Michael Gallup and Jalen Tolbert and Sauce, you take care of 88. We'll see what happens, but that's definitely one of the players to watch. I do think that Sauce could look very good against Tolbert or Gallup, because again, I'm just going to give him some credit. The guy's pretty freaking good. But other Jets players, other matchups to watch, and I wanted to format the show this way, uh, on this edition, this preview edition of the show, because I really wanted to kind of put on display the fact that the Jets have a lot of guys, even if they don't have Aaron Rodgers on this one, and how it could shape up to be a fun game when it's all said and done. Safety Jordan Whitehead. You might have heard about this, but Jordan Whitehead actually had three interceptions versus the Buffalo Bills. He was out there sparking the win in the first place. And this is going to be... Also, in my opinion, an interesting point of the game because are we going to see the Cowboys going for the kill on Sunday or are they going to take things easy and try to win what could become a slugfest if they want it to become a slugfest? We didn't get to see a lot of the Cowboys passing attack on Sunday night because of the 
weather, it wasn't pretty. The game script also didn't call for any sort of aggression because the Cowboys were up big very early in the game. They head into the headed into the second quarter, 16 to nothing. It was 33 to nothing uh, after the first series of the third quarter. So obviously this game might be different. But if you're going up against this defense, and I've said it before here on the show, but I don't want the Cowboys playing the game that the Jets want to play. I don't want them playing the defensive showdown. And you look at the betting world, and the total is at 38 and a half. So odds makers are kind of expecting this one to be a defensive slugfest. Are the Cowboys going to avoid that? coming out swinging on offense, having Dak Prescott challenging one of the best secondaries in the entire league, or are they going to want to stick to the run game and just do their thing? And if they do pass the football and Dak Prescott takes those deep shots that he loves, could Jordan Whitehead step up and make some plates? Hopefully not. But to me, that's one of the biggest questions, if not the biggest of the entire game. What is going to be the Cowboys mentality entering this game? Another player to watch and another matchup to watch. Wide receiver Xavier Gibson. Not as an actual receiver, but this guy was fighting for a roster spot in camp in the preseason and I talked to a Jets expert uh, this morning and Xavier Gibson, man, he he had the game-winning walk-off return for a touchdown in overtime versus the Bills on Monday night. He's been doing that like since last year's preseason. He was turning heads as a returner, made the roster. Uh, people didn't necessarily know if he was going to be the starting returner or, or not. But this special teamer can really change games like he did on Monday. Who knows if Zach Wilson's Jets win the game if he doesn't take it to the house on the punt return. because. It wasn't looking pretty for Zach Wilson in the offense on Monday night. Uh, so I wouldn't have dismissed the possibility of a sack for the Buffalo Bills that would have returned them the football, or maybe the game could have ended in a tie potentially. But there's several things that we know about this football game. And I think one of them is that the Jets are going to get some stops. They're just going to. So we're going to see punts uh, frequently. In this game, even if the Cowboys offense looks well and everything, I would just assume that the Giants defense is going to get some stops against these Cowboys offense. And again, it's the NFL. It's one of the best units. That's okay. We can live with that. But when John Fassel's unit comes on the onto the field, that is going to be a showdown to watch, that special teams showdown. Uh, the Cowboys have a lot of changes going on on special teams, and they cannot be caught off guard. You've got Jalen Tolbert as the starting gunner of the team, so new player there. You've got uh, Noah, big role on, on special teams. We know about Juan Jay. We know about the rest of the guys. But, hey, this is a very new and potentially inexperienced special teams core. Made some plays already in week one, but stopping Xavier Gibson from giving the Jets any short fields is going to be key. Because if you give long fields to Zach Wilson all day long, chances are he's not going to overcome that because the Cowboys defense also happens to be pretty damn good. That being said, I just want to shout out Franklin Myers one more time. 
defensive end. Uh, he's one of the players to watch. Eight pressures versus the Bills on Monday night. Uh, there are other guys like Brian Hoff. He's a rotational player that seems to be a pass rush specialist. So an opening on passing, obvious, on obvious, excuse me, obvious passing downs. Watch out for Hoff because he's going to uh, give the tackles a little bit of a challenge there too. And we already mentioned Quinn and Williams having a dominant three technique in the NFL can really change the way that a game goes at any moment. So looking forward to all that. Let's see some of your comments here, though, in the chat before we move on. People suffered my bet. I appreciate you. Uh, Thomas says, damn it, he got it. Oh, no, Moe's is toxic, Tom. He says, Mo will no longer be taking Mrs. Mo to dinner. I mean, potentially. <laughs> potentially, that, that takes that off the table. Nah, I'm just kidding. Always bet responsibly. <laughs> Always bet what you can't afford to lose. And what you cannot afford to lose is those dinners. You, I don't recommend that. Uh, Michael says, Trayvon Diggs, two interceptions and a pick six. Says Michael Logan. So, another Maybe a little bit bold prediction in the chat. I want to see this Cowboys defense turn the uh, take the ball away, man, and get some points on the board because the Cowboys might need them. You guys know that I'm going to go with the Cowboys to win the football game. I mean, they're mighty favorites. The question is, though, what do you make about the spread? And I'm going to open it up to the chat. Over, under, no, not over, under, excuse me. Are you taking Cowboys? Minus nine and a half. Do you think the Cowboys cover that? In other words, do you think the Cowboys win this game by 10 or by less than 10? Let me know in the chat what do you make of that? Because it's a it comes down to the offense, in my opinion. It comes down to the offense and how it matches up against the Jets defense. And let me take you behind my philosophy when betting these games. We went 13-4 and four last year. I'm trying to build on that. I'm trying to have another dominant year because 13-4, and four, man, betting a single team all year long, that was a massive win for the show, in my opinion. Now we got to bet this one. And usually, my philosophy is no quarterback. Doesn't matter how good he is, but no QB is going to move the spread for me from three and a half where it's where it sat originally. It's difficult to have it move from three and a half all the way to nine and a half. I would be jumping on the Jets immediately because that's just how I look at the betting world. But I look at this game objectively and I go, how can the Jets do this? This is going to be quarterback hell. For Zach Wilson. The offensive line for the Jets is not good. And I believe that coming into the season, even with Aaron Rodgers, I had them third in the AFC East because I didn't believe in the Jets' offensive line. And to me, that's where it all starts. And I look at this Cowboys pass rush. I look at Micah, Armstrong, Williams, Oza. How crazy is it that you keep going and going with these names? Leighton Van Der Esch and Jonathan Hankins. Running tight end stunts to one side of the line. Dan Quinn just coming up with crazy stuff to do. I think the Cowboys are not going to be threatened by the deep ball on this one. So I think we're going to get the heavy boxes 
to counterattack Brees Hall's running game. We had two explosive runs versus the Bills. It's a large spread, but I'm laying the points. I'm going with the Cowboys. We're off to a hot start, 1-0, and because we had the Cowboys versus the Giants on the road, minus 3.5. Cowboys minus 9.5 versus the Jets. I just feel like everyone is going to be on the Cowboys, but I think it's the right bet. I looked at the over-under, 38.5. Was not sold on it because the Cowboys might force a fumble. They might take the ball away. They might give the Cowboys short fields and send the under to the trash. But I'm going with the minus nine and a half. I think it's the safer bet considered the first half, but could un- couldn't do it. Uh, I mean, couldn't do any other bet than minus nine and a half. Believe me when I tell you, I'm not a fan of that number. I don't like it. I don't feel confident about it, like as confident, but I think it's the best bet to make. And also for those of you who are new, I never want to do odds worse than minus 110. So I cannot do a weird bet that pays me a little bit less just to go with a safer bet. This has to be it. There's a bet, a prop bet that I was looking at that I'm just going to sprinkle some money into. I'm going to sprinkle some money on Dak Prescott over one and a half touchdowns. That pays at plus 120. So give me that 1.5 passing touchdowns for Dak Prescott plus 120. This is not going to count towards the official betting the Cowboys record, but it's going to be the sprinkle. Uh, John Williams here in the chat, he says, Second string plays fourth quarter again. Boom. Boom. Toxic Tom says, how much are you betting? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say numbers. I don't like saying like actual numbers, but I will say this: all of my bets in the college football world and the NFL world, they're always the same. Because that's my way of fighting my own bias of which bets I like the most. So I just have my system, I stick to it. And I just bet the same amount every time, unless it is a prop bet or something like that, or a parlay. And then I'll just cut it down like either to a fourth of my regular unit or half of my regular unit uh, for prop bets and crazy stuff like that, or money lines when I take the underdogs and and that kind of stuff. <laughs> Mo put a loan on his cars. It's toxic. Nah, <laughs> nah, nah, nah. Always, I bet always what is responsible and what I can afford to lose. That's one of the things that I've always been very thankful with my dad for. He taught me to bet (laughs) at a very young age. He probably shouldn't have uh, done that, but he did teach me to not lose control of my bet. So that's a win. That's a W in my book. Cowboys will win by 10 for sure, says Katharina. Q-Ball says by 17, book it. John Williams says boys cover. Joey Vallis' Cowboys cover 31-7 to for Gregory. Toxic says, good teams get the W and great teams cover the spread. That's obviously a fun quote, but all kidding aside, like I do think the Cowboys are so good. I do think that the Cowboys are so good, man. I really do. Finally, though, let's see here. Good chance for us to showcase our offense versus a formidable Jets defense is Kevin Lamar. And it's true, man. If the Cowboys go out there and they hang, ah, Vikings, can you, 
can the Vikings stop doing this? Can can the Vikings just not give the football away for one drive? <laughs> We need you, Vikings. Come on. Sorry, I had to react to that. It sucks. Not as much as Kirk Cousins, probably, but yeah. Okay, that, that sucks. Gotta give it to, jo to Josh Sweat, though. That's a good pass rush. Boom. All right. Vikings suck. They're not gonna... They're not going to make us happy tonight, probably. We thought for a moment that, that they might. Uh, but yeah, if the Cowboys go out there and they hang 30 on the Jets' defense, heck, even if they go out there and they hang 28, it can be a pretty good game for the offense. I looked at, hey, there was this crazy stat on the Cowboys' game notes versus the Vikings before the game, versus the Jets, excuse me. Let me read this to you because it's a crazy stat. I tweeted it at Mao NFL in case you want to follow me. That's at MAU NFL. And it's from the game notes of the team. And this would make the Cowboys the kings of burgers. Let me read to you this. Since 2020, when head coach Mike McCarthy arrived in Dallas, the Cowboys have scored 40 points in 12 games. The most 40-point outings among NFL teams. 12 40 burgers. Most in the league. You want to know who's tied for second place? It's three teams, actually. It's Tampa, it's Kansas City, and it's Buffalo. Cowboys have 12 games since 2020. You want to know how much these guys have? Seven. That's second place, seven. So Cowboys have five more 40-burger games since 2020. And keep in mind, Dak Prescott did not play for most of the 2020 season. He missed time in 2021 and 2022. And the Cowboys have scored 40 points in 12 games in that span. This team's good, man. This team is really good in the 2023 season. They have a shot at winning it all. That will be it for me tonight on ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. Thank you so much for tuning into the show. I appreciate you so much. Smash the thumbs up, and I will see you on Sunday night. And hopefully, to talk about a Cowboys win. That's what I'm hoping for, for us to be able to talk about a big W. So we'll see if it happens. We'll see if it comes to that. Uh, have a good weekend. Enjoy your Friday. Enjoy your Saturday. And then let's meet again on Sunday. Thank you so much. Hit the like button for me. Y nos vemos el día domingo. Bye-bye.